Hello and welcome to The Writer Type, an invaluable resource for writers and anyone else who may look as though they're just staring into space but is actually doing very important creative work. This is the first module in a modular node of nodular learning modules focusing on the craft of writing and how to do it good using words. In this opening episode, we look at what you will need to get started as a writer. Please note, this is an audio module that is designed to enter your head through your ears and have children with your brain. Think of it as watching a film, but without the pictures. Or like reading a book, but you've left the book at home and my voice is speaking the words to you instead, using some type of sinister mind-bending sorcery. Or if you've ever listened to the radio, it's a bit like that. Great. Now that's out of the way, let's start with what you will need to get started as a writer. So this starting module is called Starting Nodule 1, Getting Started and What You Will Need to Start. You will need, firstly, Somewhere to write. Try to find a large, quiet space with natural light and a nice view. If you do, sell it immediately. Forget writing and go into property. Make some real money. Otherwise, settle for somewhere reasonably quiet, comfortable and clean. So, obviously not your place. Maybe a friend with a nice house has a spare room you can use. Which would be a mistake. Having friends is a sign you may not be a serious writer. Don't worry, you'll soon lose them. Meanwhile, try at least to position your desk near a window, but don't look out of the window in the morning or you'll have nothing to do in the afternoon. Next, you will need... Something to write with. Use whatever you're comfortable with. It could be a pencil, a typewriter, a computer, or perhaps an expensive fountain pen that you bought because you had a kind of feeling, call it an instinct, that it would somehow make your writing more stylish, more sophisticated. And sure enough, you were wrong. But everyone has their own idiosyncrasies. Personally, I need to have seven freshly sharpened pencils beside me when I begin work each day. I don't write in pencil, I use a computer like everyone else. But I need to have seven pencils beside me. New ones. Freshly sharpened HB pencils. Seven of them. All exactly the same length. Some people might say this seems a little obsessive and that I may have some kind of problem. These are undoubtedly the same people who say I'm paranoid and vindictive, but I know who they are and where they live, and I know what their deepest fears are. Thirdly, to get started as a writer, you will need someone to help. It's said that one famous author employed a butler whose job was to leave the house before the author woke up, taking all his trousers with him. This cut down the author's scope for displacement activities like popping out to buy some milk for several hours. If you can't afford a butler, throw your trousers out of the window yourself. If you haven't got the willpower to do that, most writers find it takes very little to provoke a spouse or partner to throw all their clothes out of the house. All you have to do is say something like, Hello, darling. How was your day? I'm exhausted, because creative thinking is much harder work than your nursing job, even when I do it lying here on the couch all day. That should do the trick. If you can't afford a window, hide your trousers and get drunk so you don't remember where they are in the morning. If you can't afford trousers, congratulations, you're already on the way to becoming a truly committed writer. Number four in the list of things you will need is... Time. Writing is a full-time job, even when you're not doing it. Much of your most valuable work is done when you're taking a refreshing nap or lying in a nice relaxing bath. But it's important to be disciplined, otherwise those precious hours can just slip away. So organise your day and waste time according to a strict schedule. This is harder than it sounds, because as we all know, time is flexible. 
Actually, we don't really know that, but we all bought that Stephen Hawking book and read the blurb on the back, so that's probably good enough. As I understand it, the concept of linear time was invented as a marketing strategy to sell clocks. But if you want proof that time is flexible, try this little experiment. Ask the average writer how they feel about deadlines. By the way, try not to call them average to their face. Now, ask them to write an article on the subject, say, a thousand words by tomorrow. They're bound to invent a bunch of feeble excuses for why they can't do it. They'll say something like, Sorry, but I'm in the middle of moving house. My dog has just run away and he'll die if I don't find him and give him his medication within 12 hours. It's my child's first school play today and I promised I'd go. My divorce is being finalised in the morning and now my appendix has just burst. If you then say, I will pay you, the writer will say, what time tomorrow do you want it? <laughs> Look, I don't want to appear cynical, but it is astonishing how much time a writer can find to write when they really want to. But what if you haven't got a deadline? How do you motivate yourself? Well, you could use the carrot and stick approach. Just stick the carrot wherever you want. Or you could use your imagination. You're a writer. Invent a deadline. Make it up. Let's say you're writing a screenplay. First, imagine a big Hollywood producer. No, bigger than that. OK, that's good. Next, imagine a meeting at which you pitch your idea. They love it. So imagine they offer you a contract and sign it. Next, imagine being paid a fee to write the first draft and go out and spend it. Now imagine delivering the first draft and waiting for your next fee, commissioning you to write a second draft. You may as well spend that as well while you're waiting. Now imagine a call from the producer. They're firing you and bringing in a different writer. What? But you've already spent all that money. They can't do that, can they? Of course they can. You should have looked more closely at that imaginary contract you signed. Let that be a lesson to you. And finally, remember that time can play strange tricks. And if it does, be sure to get your own back. For example, pretend you're taking your watch to buy a new battery, but put it in the fridge instead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Fifthly, you will need money. All writers deserve to have an independent income. Many writers have incomes that are so fiercely independent, they never see them. Moving along, nextly you will need coffee. Plenty of coffee, especially in the morning. Remember, a morning without coffee is like an amusing analogy I'll be able to come up with when I've had some coffee. Now we come to the final but most important thing of all that you will need to get started as a writer. And that is... An idea. It's always a good idea to have an idea. But where do you get one from? The key is to be methodical. So let's examine the question of how to have an idea. Alert! Before having an idea, or even thinking of having one, please listen carefully to the following warning. Warning! Once you have an idea, you may not be able to get rid of it. You can't simply take an unwanted idea into the forest, tie it to a tree and go home, like you would with a dog, or shave it like a beard. Or a dog, if that's your thing. No, if you abandon an idea, one night you'll hear a piteous whining outside your window and find it gazing in reproachfully, fogging the glass with heaving sobs. Ideas are sensitive. Please remember this the next time a colleague invites you to kick a few ideas around. Don't do that. As for any suggestion about running an idea up a flagpole and seeing who salutes it, even to contemplate such an activity betrays an appalling streak of callousness and you should be thoroughly ashamed of yourself. What were you thinking? Get a grip. 
Thank you for listening carefully to that warning. If you didn't listen particularly carefully, that is a matter for your own conscience. Do what you want. I'm not your mother. Whatever your father may say. He's an imbecile. I'm sorry, but he really is. I've said it before. He's not going to change. Idiot. So, let's get down to the nitty-gritty of how to have an idea. And the good news is that it's not as difficult as you may have been led to believe, probably by me earlier on. That was just a test to weed out the faint-hearted. Remember, writing is not for the squeamish. Although, as it happens, I don't really approve of people saying that something is not for the squeamish. There's no call for that kind of prejudice. The squeamish are a proud and noble people, always prepared to fight for their rights, as long as there's no blood. But never mind them. When it comes to having an idea, it's like climbing a mountain. The most important thing is to keep your nerve. Stay focused. And whatever you do, don't look down. And for God's sake, don't panic. Steady, just hang on. Look, now is probably not a good time to say this, but climbing a mountain is incredibly dangerous. And don't say, oh, but mountaineers do it. Have you met a mountaineer? They're pathologically obsessive and incapable of forming meaningful human relationships. If you don't believe me, here's an extract from a memoir written by a typical mountaineer. As I gazed down at Jeff, dangling over the crevasse on the end of my rope, I knew my comrade faced certain death unless I could drag him to safety. There was no time to hesitate. Using all my strength, I swiftly sawed through the rope with my knife. Saving him would have delayed my ascent by up to half an hour, and I was already behind schedule. As he tumbled away into the darkness, giving me a bravely laconic salute with his middle finger and screaming a few friendly obscenities, I knew he would have done the same. He was an utter bastard, and I never liked him. Luckily, I'd had the foresight to steal his supplies and was looking forward to eating his chocolate ration as mine had completely Forget about mountaineering. It's not going to help you have an idea, and your obsessive fascination with it is probably a result of the profoundly dysfunctional childhood which every writer needs. If you didn't have one, just invent one. But now it's time to concentrate on the job in hand. Having an idea. To make it easy for you, I've broken the whole process down into a series of simple steps. All you have to do is obey the following instructions. Step, Step one. one. Decide what type of idea you'd like to have. First, bear in mind, wait, how did that bear get into your mind? That's an idea right there, and it looks quite fierce. But you know what to do. If confronted by an aggressive bear, always try to make yourself look as large as possible. So, stand behind the kids. And please be aware that a big idea, like a bear, can be demanding. Are you prepared to feed something as large and hungry, for example, as an all-consuming obsession? That's huge. Perhaps you'll be happier with something smaller and easier to handle, like a whim or an inkling. Try starting with an idle speculation, which doesn't need much exercise. Something like, what if wasps could play tennis? Step, Step two. Two, two. Having an idea is like catching a fish, except you don't have to stand in a river listening to a bunch of liars. But the principle is the same. You need bait. Old, worn-out clichés are perfect. Keep them alive in a small think tank. Step, Step three. three. This is the moment to ask yourself an important question. Why do you want to have an idea? Be honest. Maybe you've used up all your old ideas. Or maybe they were stolen. Is that what happened? Did someone steal your ideas? I find this a very plausible hypothesis. Let's explore it further by using the following example. 
Step four. Imagine you're a writer. Why not? Thousands of people do, and they're not much better at it than you are. So, you're a writer. Naturally, you don't have many friends because writers have complex personalities. But you have one friend in particular, and you seem to like each other, and you share ideas with them. Maybe you invite this friend to some of your special places where you like to observe human nature, which is important for a writer. And yes, it may entail watching people when they're unaware you're watching them, because that's the best way to observe authentic human behaviour, right? Which, for some reason, your friend claims to find unusual or inappropriate or creepy or whatever. As a result, you see less of each other. In fact, you wouldn't see each other at all if you didn't make the effort. Sometimes you have to stand outside their house all night when their phone doesn't seem to be working, again. Maybe throw a few stones at their bedroom window, push frogs through their letterbox, whatever it takes, and then you get it. This so-called friend is stealing your ideas, which totally explains why they've been avoiding you. How does that feel? Wow, it feels terrible. You feel bitterly disappointed and also totally angry. What do you do? You can't just hope this seething hatred inside you will go away. You have to do something about it. Step, Step five. five. Confront your so-called friend. At which point they may say, Wow, you have to stop this dude, this delusion about me stealing your ideas. Hey, maybe you should change your medication. And you reply, I'm not taking any medication. And they say, Well, there's your problem right there. And everyone at the book launch laughs and you get thrown out. This is how much the person values your friendship. To make a joke of it and to humiliate you in front of a whole room of their important writer friends. This cannot go unpunished. You are now truly enraged, which is when, quite naturally, you reach the next step. Step, step six. six. You have an idea. Yes, that's what it took. Paradoxically, it was only by allowing your emotions free reign that you created the conditions in which an idea could emerge organically, majestically, cunningly, revengefully and hilariously. This is such a good idea. Because all this isn't really about how to have an idea. It's about how to have someone else's idea. Yes, in the same way that the despicable person who heartlessly trampled on your friendship stole your ideas, you will steal their ideas. But how? On to the next step. Step, step seven. Step, 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 step. Break into the person's house. Choose a time when you're pretty sure they won't be there. But it's best to take a weapon with you, just in case. You can't be totally certain they won't be there, or come home unexpectedly, or that someone else won't be there. Maybe one of their worthless, immoral, important writer friends. So take a weapon. Also, some chloroform, rope, duct tape and a sack, just in case. Step 8. Once inside the house, find their computer. Their passwords will be pathetically easy to discover. They always are. Access their work files. Be swift, but calm and purposeful. Don't waste time regretting that you had to use the weapon. These things happen. Luckily, you had the other equipment. OK, you're into their files. Bingo! There it is. A file called New Ideas. Ha <laughs> ha, people are so dumb. You read the file and find the latest idea. It's an idea for a short podcast entitled How to Have an Idea. It's not bad. 
You can definitely use it. It's your idea now. Step, Step nine. nine. Congratulations. I've had an idea. This is my idea. Mine. All mine. Step, step ten. ten. Stop it. There is no step ten. We've had enough steps. Don't think I don't know what you're trying to do with your steps and your echoey voice. But you're not going to steal this idea. I'm leaving now, and I'm taking it with me, and you'll never find it. You can stay here if you want. There's nothing more to hear. Except for the last little bonus feature that's coming up next, the special writing tip, or whatever it's calling itself today. You can listen to it while I let myself out. Goodbye. Here it comes. Hello. We leave you now with today's special writing tip. Writing is rewriting. No, wait. Good writing is rewriting. Or maybe the best writing is... No, actually the first version was fine. As you were. Ow.